considering that this is a uh, our 20th episode. Um, I think we said it during episode 10 that every every 10th episode we will ask for reviews and ratings and those types of things. And now when we're 20, we will do that again. Last time it was really weird. We just had a, a cut of multiple people saying, please write us. Uh, what do we do this time? Yeah, this is seeming this starts off being a lot less awkward, so I think I think we're on a good track here. <laughs> um no but honestly I think um like it's it's really good to record this podcast and I really enjoy it and I, I hope everyone who listens enjoy it and it's nice to see more and more people listening. Uh but I think um we always like to be part of the community and we see this like at large as part, uh, like, first of all, I really enjoy talking to Kari and Zach, but I think it's also a great way for us to uh, share our opinion with the community and also hopefully trigger some discussions. We're always, uh, uh, we're always excited when we see people uh, engaging with, uh, like, the podcast on Twitter uh, and those type of things. So we just want to point out that we do have the SoCast Twitter account and the SoCast Mastodon account. We will put links of those in the show notes. Uh, and we also have our personal accounts. So if you ever have anything you want to, chat about um yeah it would be great if you reach out uh but so also we're, we're doing that in typical irs writing dialogue fashion if you like this show write us on itunes or overcast or in pocket cast and favor us favorite us everywhere you can if you don't like this episode uh, send us a message on twitter yeah, you can send us positive messages on Twitter too. I think that's nice. But really, it really helps to um, share this podcast with other people by rating us because that makes it more discoverable for everyone. And uh, it's also, um, yeah, it's it's great for people to see that it's accredited podcast if other people have listened to it and are uh, rating it. So please, please, if you like our podcast, uh, give us some ratings. And if you're really generous with your time, give us a review. Well said. Did you hear about um, Apple's new announcement of their new uh, corporate office in Vancouver? Yeah, Kai sent a link to an article. It oh, seemed yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. Was it six? Do you remember 60,000 square foot? Uh, yeah, I think it was 60,000. I don't know how yeah. that translates yeah, I don't, to uh, others. Like, uh, what can that be? Like five meters? Yeah, what's a square foot? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. I don't understand. But I also, I don't know how big Apple offices are. 50,000 square feet is 1.5 acres or 0.46 hectares, <laughs> which is 4,000 square meters, 4,600 square meters. So that's a bit more understandable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the building looks amazing. It's like this really cool glass building in the middle of the city uh, next to the library. Um, we had a look at the... like. We were walking past a lot the other day, and I was like, "This is a really cool. This is going to be a really cool building. I wonder who's moving in here." And then it's Apple, so I think that's really cool. Uh, I think it's going to be very cool to have like a, a Apple headquarter here because I think that will be very beneficial for all developers, no matter if you work there or not. It's it's not a headquarter though; it's just an Apple office. Yeah, sorry, yeah, <laughs> an office. But I think like the fact that you have people more locally, hopefully some people from developer relations, it would be quite good for. Uh, local developers maybe they'll be looking to hire some devs as well yeah you never know you never know do, do you want to <laughs> come and work here zach i heard vancouver has palm trees 
So, um, let's have a look at the tiebreaker from... Oh, yeah. This will be exciting. I almost forgot about this. I actually haven't checked. I think think most of the... I'll do it now. I think most of the excitement for Marlon is coming from her uh, almost guaranteed to be winning this thing. No, I'm just excited to hear hear the the results of this this exciting competition. You have an exceptionally good chance. So, the total views as of right now are... Do you first want to say what our guesses were? Uh, for oh, people yeah, who didn't, that. maybe people didn't listen to the previous episodes. So basically, what we did was that we had a sort of draft episode. That's not really a draft, uh, where we all predicted what will happen in Apple's latest um, release. No, in their latest event, you call it. Yeah. Um, so we were having guesses, and it ended up with me and Zach uh, tying, being tied in that um, in our guesses. Um, so I think we both had thirty-two points. Uh, so the decision was that both of us should try to guess um, how many views this video, the video from the Apple event will have on YouTube by the time we record the next episode. And what was my guess, Kai? Martin's guess was 278,000 views. And Zach, your guess was in a very different ballpark with 8.5 million views. Yep. <laughs> And the winner is Malin. The total the total views for the October event twenty eighteen Apple video on the regular user slash Apple channel is four hundred and fifteen thousand views. You were pretty yeah. close. That's good. Well done. I was actually quite off though. Like this is off by two hundred. You were in the ballpark. You're within that million. Zach was off by eight million. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, uh, like it, it's better, but Zach it's still was, more than I expected after three days. Zach was off by the population of Sweden. <laughs> I, I think this is this is a very clear victory on your side, Marlin. <laughs> do, you, do you watch many YouTube videos, Zach? Almost none. Okay. <laughs> Apart from the Apple video 8.5 million <laughs> times. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I guess the, uh, the script thing I set up didn't work, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, looks like it. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, so what do I win now? Uh, you won the draft. Congratulations. It's not a draft. Two predictions events yeah. in a row. That's not bad. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm doing well. And I think this was the last one. So honestly, I think we really got to come up with something that we actually win. Because what's the point of having a competition if you don't get a prize, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll figure out a prize and we talk about it next time. And I don't want it to be a prize like you get to host the next event. Like I don't want it to be like the Olympics. That's gonna be <laughs> If we if we get an invite to the next Apple event, then you go you're allowed to go there and represent the three of us. Uh, I think that's fair. Does that have to happen within this year? Or like is it like whenever we get that invite, I'm the dedicated person? Well, there's not going to be another Apple event this year, so... Yeah, I know, I know. Could be could be risky. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out later. Look, I hear it works for other podcasts to just say, hey, maybe I, if you have an invite, Apple, let me know. So, I guess this is our moment to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is quite cool to hear that Apple is starting to invite um, podcasters to their events. Um, do you know, did they give out any um, like actual products? To people who went to the event? I mean, not like anyone would be allowed to talk mm. about that yet. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, be but cool. we'll find out in a few days. Uh, I mean, 
I have a guess that one of the people that also have podcasts got one um, because they said something and then tried to backtrack multiple times on if I've only like something to the extent of I've only had a few minutes playing mm -hmm. with them. So I'm I don't really know. But my my impression was it sounded a lot like, ah, damn it. I, I accidentally almost said that I have a device and I really want to make sure that that is not what I meant. No, if that would be what they thought it sounded like they meant, then they would have edited that out. I would assume. I don't know. Mm, okay, well, let's wait and see. We'll see. Oh, we're doing some um, comparisons last night between a 10 and a 10s camera in low light with mm. portrait mode. Ah, oh, the 10s is actually a lot better. Like things are just a little bit which, sharper. Which, it's good. Mm. Which cameras were these? You don't have a 10 either, right? Oh, no, no, I have friends who have so uh, one friend has a 10s and one hand friend has a 10. So we we're testing the cameras. Mm. And uh, Do you have one friend that has a 10R? Because no friends have a 10R. But it would be the same, right? It would just be the same as the the uh, white But the portrait mode would be and different. And that was yeah, one of the, the things we were testing. Uh, okay. Did you compare uh, the low-light performance to your phone too? Nope. <laughs> my um my phone, which I've always thought has a has a pretty good camera, uh, I'm starting to notice it's not up to up to scratch with a lot of these bottom phones now. That's all right. So you're yeah, you feel like you might be upgrading to a tennis no, before no, no, next year? No. No? no, it's too late to buy a new phone now. That's what I. That's what I would have yeah, told no, you. No, no, no. Um, We've got ten we months to buying, wait. But... Buying things that have been not updated in a while later. Yeah. If, if my phone died, uh, I would pick up an SE and just use that till it was time oh. to buy a, a new proper phone. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I was actually. My father also has a ten SE. He was so excited about ten SE. Um, a six. A six. No, he has an iPhone SE. I want the Tennessee. Yeah, so that sounds side, good. Zach. Yeah, I like the, the, the sound of that. A, a Tennessee, iPhone Tennessee. Oh yeah, that would be. Are you gonna so make a country good. song for it too? That would be such a good ad. Uh, you can make like this this country country music. Oh man, ad. then we have a, t a iPhone tennis. We have a tenor phone and an iPhone Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> that would be such a good lineup. I would at that point I would be a hundred percent convinced Apple's trying to troll us with their names. They don't know yeah. what to do with all their money anymore. So the best thing they could come up with is making Macs out of shaved aluminum from from iOS devices. Make us say really ridiculous names for their devices on on podcasts and in real life. Yeah. And people make fun of not pink or definitely black and almost white or whatever it is from uh, Google Pixel. Those names are Pixel. so good though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go to a store and say, "Can I have the not white phone, please?" I'm like, "Do you mean the black one?" No, I mean the not white one. I don't think they would act like that because they probably get people saying that all the time. But then they also get people that say, "I don't want the white phone. I want the yeah, that's <laughs> not the true. white phone." And they're like, "Do you mean the phone that's called not white, or do you mean the black phone?" It's a bit weird to yeah. call your things not not and then a color name. I, I just think in general, naming things is hard and yeah. it seems to leak a lot into tech companies that they struggle with, with naming their products. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, yeah. I'm always very impressed of those people when you're sitting on like a quiz night and they come up with like the perfect name for your team. Like I would like to be that person because I'm always like, let's just put the smiley face in there or write our names. That's how creative I am. Yeah. Um, I think to, to kind of those, at least at tech events to, where you have to have like a group name 
emojis really is the savior of a lot of people because you just add like three emojis together and it's like this yeah. is our name so yeah i think the lesson for apple is that they should just name their phones after emojis that's that's it right the woozy yeah. face phone what's the woozy what, it's what one of that? the new emojis i think from last year oh or maybe from earlier this year Can you send it to me or is it a 12.1 thing i don't know I thought it was twelve point one. It might be tw- sorry. It might have been announced earlier this year, but came uh, shipped in twelve point one. Yeah, new call emoji. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you would definitely update your phone or upgrade your phone next year? I have to at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I, I want a smaller phone, but if it doesn't happen, then I'll just have to buy the ten S equivalent, whatever that size is next year. Um, what if What if there would be a ten R like phone in mini? Would you? consider that oh, i jump all over that if that like was a march product or something yeah i'd even if it doesn't have uh oled screen and yep. probably just one camera yep 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 that would that would be ideal um something that's sort of the equivalent of the what the se was when it when it first launched um i think it had the specs from the previous year's phone it came out about six months after the flagship for that uh cycle but yeah i'd probably uh jump at that if it was the right size what are what are the main things that drive you to an update up, upgrade it's usually a combination of everything like is it the performance or is it the camera or is it like that you still have like a stupid button that you have to push down <laughs> so in the past Man, it's sort of been get so much RSI. cool new f- features like touch id was a big one um the year after that as stupid oh, as this you is you don't have touch id oh no sorry i'm talking no, about does. like in oh. the past like uh, things oh, that have been okay. that have tempted an upgrade um, the year yeah. after that, and this is this sounds stupid, but uh, the iPhone six uh, added support for band twenty eight uh, LTE signal, so it's seven hundred megahertz band that the Australian carriers were using, and that was a pretty mm-hmm. uh, compelling reason to upgrade um, because I wasn't that impressed with the four G coverage of of the Australian carriers at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Then I guess the iPhone seven was more just like it's shiny new, and I was due for a phone. Um, mm-hmm. the camera, the camera is a big one. So I think my phone, I don't feel like it's slow. Uh, I, I feel performance wise, it's fine. Um, it really is the camera that I'd say is the biggest letdown as well as the battery. And I know from friends who've got, uh, more modern phones that the 10, uh, and the 10s in particular have pretty amazing battery, uh, life. So mm-hmm. I think that would be battery and yeah, camera are two pretty compelling things. But, uh, as was the case this year, I didn't think that they were worth the trade off of going to a, slightly larger phone that i am not completely happy with um but i think definitely by this time next year it'll be time regardless of uh my stance on massive giant phones (laughs) (laughs) how's how's your battery health on your phone Uh, it's still like 85 percent or something like that which is not too bad considering that's over two years um i i could probably fix it's 87 sorry to update um but i could probably fix it with a, a clean uh install it's just I've got to find the time to uh, to do that. Why Why would you fix it with a clean install? I don't know. Sometimes you clean install iOS and, you know, start fresh with the apps and battery life uh, improves quite a bit. Sorry, not like the 87%, but just the poor battery life. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, 80, at 87% capacity, you wouldn't expect super bad battery, but it's not particularly Do you have great. anything from Facebook installed on your phone? No, I actually do have Messenger at the moment, which I always force quit after use and I only use for uni. But, yeah. It's garbage. Yeah. In general, getting rid of everything Facebook yeah. has quite a quite a good um, improvement to your battery. Yeah. There's no um there's no web interface for Messenger, which is the reason that I haven't 
uh, which I uh, reason I have the app installed because I don't have a Facebook account. So it's just tied mm-hmm. to my phone number. So I am forced to use the app. I was thinking of other ways. Like I thought, oh, can I install it? Can I only set up Messenger on my iPad? So I only check uni group stuff on my iPad, but no, the iPad version of Messenger doesn't allow you to sign up with a phone number if you don't have a Facebook account and all that kind of stuff. Uh, every time I open Messenger these days, it's, pro- it's popping up with a full screen prompt of add a password to your account. It's like, no, I don't want to create an account with you. Oh, anyway. um, yeah, so I can't actually, going back to the emojis, I can't actually see them on my Mac at the moment. So people are using these new emojis in tweets and uh, oh, I haven't updated my yeah. Mac. And the reason is uh, I haven't been prompted yet. So this is interesting. Um, when the event was over on Wednesday um, last week, I went to the Mac App Store as you do and look for the updates. You know, sometimes they update Apple update their own app. Sometimes uh, all I saw was Xcode 10.1. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. There's no Mac OS update. And I, mm. I didn't think anything of it went on with my life. Uh, was at work the next day. And I don't know, at some point I, I must've heard about the update from somebody. Um, so maybe someone mentioned they were updating Mac OS or whatever. And then I went digging around and learned that in Mojave, uh, the updates for or system updates for Mac OS are back in the system preferences application, which is a blast from the past. Uh, I think we there used to be that. Yep. Was it a system updater application or was that done in, in system preferences as well? I don't quite remember, but um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised to find that uh, that that's changed. I didn't I didn't remember that change, but it's kind of cool. Um, but the interesting thing is neither my work Mac nor my uh, personal Mac have yet prompted me to install this update. Um, the work Mac has the little one on the, uh, system preferences badge only because I did, I searched for it manually. Um, yeah, but this, yeah, this home checked. Mac hasn't yeah. prompted me at all. And mm. it's not like I haven't used it. It's not like I haven't plugged it into charge. So I'm a little bit confused. Um, but I'm waiting for the prompt. But it's been less than a week, right? I think Apple's rolling those out over a week or so. Okay. So yeah, I- but the same thing happened to me. Like I had the same feeling. Like I went, I think the, the same day was off the event and looked on my, Mac, and I was like, oh, that's weird, it's on the Xcode. And yeah, then Kai, now when we're talking about it, we just went in and looked uh, in system preferences. Um, and there's an update, but yeah, I wasn't prompted at all. And I think people would probably, like, people who are not used to that way wouldn't go in there and check until they are being prompted. So I assume that they will prompt throughout the week and get more and more people on it. But it's the same with iOS, right? If you don't have that iOS version, they won't bother you with it until like a week after so it might be something like that yeah exactly i'm sort of curious now to see how long i can go without being prompted to install it um so sort of almost a mini Mm. experiment uh but i'll get there at some point they just take a while Mm. i mean i haven't done the work mac because it's like where's 40 minutes in the day where i'm not gonna touch my mac but anyway but now you can talk to your 32 friends on facetime true at work at at work Mm. i mean who needs slack anymore (laughs) Yeah, you can just constantly be online on a fa- on a FaceTime call and just ask people questions openly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not what an open office is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can have the distractions of work from your home. Amazing. Has have either of you tried out group FaceTime since it shipped? No, I don't have 32 friends. You you need two, money. Can <laughs> do you have two? I can, I can be one of them. Do you have one more? I don't know. No. Uh, do you, Zach, can you think of anyone? I don't know. 
Yeah, we should try next time. We, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we should it, actually, yeah. like, once we actually have a third microphone, we could maybe record that way. Oh, yeah, um, that could be interesting. Give it a go. Yeah. I know we've had some yeah. problems, interestingly enough, with uh, FaceTime's audio quality in the past um, when we've tried to do the podcast, but maybe if there's a video feed going too, it'll be different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pro- prob- probably much worse, but... Probably, fun but... Fun to try. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the audio will be encoded slightly differently, which could help because it seems to be more network mm. problems than, uh, than FaceTime yeah. problems. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe you need to, uh, use Ethernet to, and wire your computer to, to your internet. I think you're the only one who's going to have a Mac that supports Ethernet. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for the segue. Yeah. No, but, um, jokes aside, I think we should try. I will try FaceTime with some, some of my friends. Uh, I will try calling people, uh, but we should also try it next time. I think it will be pretty cool. Yep, yep. I agree. Because we can see each other then too. That's pretty good. What do you think about releasing this podcast on YouTube? And film what? <laughs> Us faces? talking. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the reason why we're making podcasts that we don't have to change from pajamas? Like, isn't that, isn't that the point? We, we're usually recording in the late evening, I think. Yeah. I'm usi- Which is when I'm changing to pajamas. Uh, I'm usually dressed by 9 p.m., but not a lot earlier than that, but by 9 p.m. I'm usually dressed. No, but yeah, we could try. Why Like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I just saw more and more podcasts kind of doing something on YouTube, and it seems like a thing people do, so I thought it would be interesting to just try and see if that if people prefer watching that there yeah. it's just gonna be more editing right because then you have to make sure that oh uh, yeah, yeah. Nah. you have to focus on the person who's talking and if you unless you record if you record a whole message conversation that will be really difficult because you just have the one conversation let's say we record a facetime call then you have all the faces on one screen and that's gonna mean that if you cut one person's part out that's gonna make it jaggy whereas if you record your face separate, I guess, then you could cut to a different person if you cut your part out, but it won't really work. Yeah, not worth it. Never mind. Let's scratch this idea. <laughs> I mean, can you could that. upload the audio version to YouTube with just a static image, but I think... Yeah, that, that sounds lame. I mean, yeah. we can try that as an experiment just to see if then, if we're getting any numbers with that, just, just for fun. Why not? Do that with episode 20 or something. But I do think one of the um, one of podcast's strongest advantages is the audio medium thing. I agree. Um, and if you have a, a podcast where there where there is a possibility that some members of the audience are uh, watching as well, then you tend to be a little less uh, descriptive uh, and rely on visual aids a little bit more, um, which may or may not be an advantage depending on how somebody is watching or listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be video first anyway. It's more. I'm interested to see how many people, because I, I don't know, at the moment, I feel like for our podcast, considering that it's still relatively small, it's hard to find, you know, there are not a lot of discovery. Yeah, but it's not like like YouTube is the, the place of discovery. I, I don't know. That's, that's for me, it's more I want to try. Mm. What if we put something that is like a podcast format onto YouTube? Does that mean the download numbers are about the same? Are they lower? Are they zero? I would just like to experiment with that. Yeah, but if you put it on YouTube, people wouldn't necessarily go and download. Then you just spread your audience no. a bit more. No, 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 no. It's not. I, I don't think there are a lot of people that currently use Overcast, Pocket Cast, or or some other podcast player 
to to listen to it who would then go to YouTube. I'm more interested. No, what if, I mean is that all the people who find it on YouTube would probably continue on YouTube, don't you think? Maybe, but maybe we don't even offer more episodes. I would just like to put one episode out just to see what what kind of numbers go there. Is there like as I said, is it going to zero? Is there no one listening there? Is it really hard to find that? Because I, I never listen to any podcast or long long form audio or video thing on, on YouTube ever. So the algorithm doesn't ever suggest something like that. But I wonder if people who do, if then, if, if we would upload an episode, if that means people would find that. I'm just curious if, if, if there is any way of, for people to discover this type of thing yeah for what it's worth um looking at uh both cortex and hello internet uh they both upload uh, their their audio to youtube with a generally with a static image uh best i can tell it's somewhere between the, the youtube um the youtube viewers i guess make up between about 10 and maybe up to 25 depending on the episode uh percent of the people who watch or listen to those shows and they have a strong youtube bias to begin with uh in the case of hello internet both hosts are Mm -hmm. professional youtube uh content creators for lack of a better term uh and in the case of cortex (laughs) are one of the two um sort of started their career on youtube so i don't know it's a little bit biased but that's yeah about 10 Mm -hmm. 10 to 25 percent depending on the episode it looks like yeah yeah, for me, it would be more an experiment for people to discover it there and then subscribe in their podcast player of choice. I I don't know. I hope we don't have any listeners who listen to podcasts on YouTube as their preferred way of listening to podcasts. If so, send me a message uh, with with a, uh, with reasons for why you're doing that to yourself. Do you think they would really hear this if we're not releasing it on maybe, YouTube? Maybe someone is suffering through the horrible experience of automatically getting new episodes pushed to their phones that they can then listen at any point in time to be able to listen to us instead of their way preferred method of watching it on a website or a YouTube app that's clearly not made for, for podcasts uh, while spending half of their bandwidth looking at a static image. Maybe people suffer through that for us. And if so, send me a message and explain why why YouTube is good for for podcasts. So, as you can tell, we are great fans of YouTube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're great fans of a lot of things. Mm, I yeah, don't mind. We love things. Using YouTube to watch things. I'm not saying a big fan of YouTube, man, but I watch some things on YouTube, and that's why I was so great at guessing how many views <laughs> the Apple video would get. Um, <laughs> we actually we. We actually found a really good documentary series on YouTube called uh, Hello World from Bloomberg. Okay. It's uh, a very creative name. Yep. It's about kind of uh, tech and innovation in the world. And the uh, host is kind of traveling through multiple cities. Mm-hmm. He's kind of traveling to, to tech hubs that are not Silicon Valley and kind of talking about how the culture shaped the tech industry in those uh, countries. So uh, we watched an episode about um, the Stockholm or Swedish um tech industry and it was quite interesting because uh sweden has a surprising amount of large large tech companies for for its uh population like if if you look at that there's spotify there uh minecraft was is from there a lot of video games in general are from there um what else um facebook has a data center there um because it's cold yep they're using (laughs) uh the the Arctic Circle temperatures to cool there. So they don't have a lot of active air conditioning in there. Most of the cooling happens from from air 
And they're kind of designed to building in a way that just the pressure they're building up in the building guides the air through the through the servers. So the servers themselves do not have fans. So the servers are fanless, but based on on the pressures in the building, the air is guided through the through the racks. It sounds quite impressive. Hmm. Yeah, but there there are quite a lot of text things there. And one episode is about Australia. Um, yeah, we sent it to you. You should watch it. Okay, yeah. maybe I'll have to. It's, uh, I, I am probably going to watch a few more things in the next couple of months, so I should probably add it to the list. Uh, I actually now when you're not going to uni every day. Yeah, basically, I've decided. I mean, usually, usually I don't watch too much stuff. I mean, pod, I think I've said it before, but podcasts are my main source of entertainment. But uh, I kind of need a bit of a break, <laughs> and so a break from side projects and things like that, filling my evenings. So I'm thinking maybe for the next few weeks, I'm just going to take it easy uh, after work and find some things to watch. I've been finishing up Black Mirror, which I started ages ago. Uh, I actually really don't like Black Mirror, but for some reason I keep watching it. I'm really <laughs> bad at this, as you can Starting see. Starting out strong. Uh, but The Good Place, which was another recommendation of yours uh, and a few other friends, is on the list as well. To hopefully get around to. Oh man, I thought oh, you started I thought listening you to it. Started watching it. Uh, not yet, not yet. Yeah. But then I will have to do the podcast at the same time. So um, mm. anyway, yeah. So that that is a good po- podcast too. But I don't understand why would you go for Black Mirror if you don't like it instead of a gem <laughs> like The Good Place? Because because I'm so invested in Black Mirror now. I'm like I've watched half of the episodes. I don't want to just stop. But isn't here. isn't every episode a completely new? Yeah, story? it is. It's not like it's a story. But then it's like. like You've either watched Black Mirror or you haven't watched Black Mirror, and, and it's like, yeah. oh, I've watched half of the Black Mirrors, and but it's like it's like walking to work, and you're like, oh, I haven't used all the streets in the city. I should walk all the streets <laughs> in the city. I really don't like walking through all the city. I don't want to tell tell people, that but I, I, I can. The other thing someone- is because they're all different. There's a good chance that maybe one of the next four or whatever I'll enjoy. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Have you really been to Sydney's, Zach? Have you really walked through every every street? You might have only seen half of Sydney. <laughs> so, so did you end up enjoying the second half now when you watched it? Uh, I'm not quite finished, but no, I'm probably enjoying it less now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... You, you, you're not good at this watching no, things. No, no, I'm not. But I, I can agree. I mean, uh, I watched a few episodes of Black Mirror. It's like, meh. It makes me really know. uncomfortable. And like, I don't want to use the word anxious because I think that's... A, Slightly overused word, but almost makes me a little bit on edge sort of thing when watching Black Mirror. And it's like, this isn't really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I, I also found it rather, okay. it, I don't know, it felt more exhausting than enjoyable. Yes, yes, exactly. But also sometimes sometimes I feel like the episodes didn't have the payoff, or at least for me, the payoff that a lot of people got out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes saw after episodes on Twitter or somewhere where people were like super excited about the episode and that this one is an amazing one to watch. And I, I watched it and I was like, all of this seems obvious. It is potential for this to happen anyway, but it wasn't like super. I don't know. It wasn't that I th- that there were a lot of things where I was like, "Wow, I would have never thought about that." They yeah. were either weird or or plausible, but not super. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Or yeah. super outside like, of what I expect. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they're supposed to criticize the society a lot, and I think. Um, we didn't watch that many, just as a disclaimer, but I think the ones we watched, it felt like, oh, yeah, I already, like, I, I can see that happening, or I can see why they think that might be happening. So we're doing some type of Inception type thing where we criticize the society for liking Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's the way the world ends. But no, you're right. I mean, it's supposed to be dystopian, but it feels realistic. It's like a yeah. super meta commentary on like a future that's just around the corner. I don't know. A lot of them aren't. But it's also, I mean, it's not like we, we, I don't know if I meet people and friends and we talk about the future, it is already those type of topics. It's not like I've never thought about what, what the future might be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I, I've invested a lot of my own thoughts into, into the future. And therefore I feel like if other people do that, I'm like, all right, I just get through that. And then I can say I've watched the episode, but I've yeah. never, I've never from the four or five episodes we watched, I never walked away and thought, yep, I, I'm happy how I spent those 40 minutes. Yeah, it's also not particularly thought-provoking. I find myself sort of forgetting about an episode as soon as I've watched it, and I don't know if that's a sign of yeah. a good yeah, show. Yeah, that's thing. the thing. Like, I remember us watching... Yeah, I think we watched a fair bit of them. Not a lot, but mm. I think I... Like, we watched probably five, but I can't really remember what the different ones were about. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. Like, often it's very hard to remember it, mm. so... But I'm surprised because a lot of people whose opinion I usually agree with really enjoyed that show. Yeah. yeah. For me, it did nothing. Mm-hmm. I also don't really like the concept of a show that doesn't have a continuing That's the thing, stream like, of, of yeah. story or, or thought. Because I feel like it's so hard to get a really deep thing into into 45 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. long the show is yeah yeah it's- that's the thing like i feel like if they if each of the episodes would maybe be a longer thing like a longer series they could get so much more in-depth about it and you could really develop the characters around it so you feel a bit more engaged in this dystopian world but now i feel like it's so short so you don't really that's that's why i usually don't watch movies because i feel like you don't get a grasp of the characters you don't really develop that sort of connection to the characters and that's why you feel like you're not really as invested and i think it's the same thing with this if they're going to change the story and the characters all the time even if they have a really good baseline of what the story will be i won't feel as i guess sad or as like engaged in it just because i don't feel the same connection to the characters But to me, it also feels more shallow because of that. Because you can't dive so deeply into society and all its effects based on what the premise of this episode is. I feel like a a dystopian TV show has, I don't know, if they have an hour episode, and even if they only have 12 episodes, you have 12 hours to explain the system and the society. Yeah. And that's and the it- thing. Like many of the episodes, if they would be longer shows, I think I would enjoy them, but it's just not as in depth and they, they don't develop the sort of society and the systems around it too mm. much. So I feel like it's, it's more of a shallow dip into an idea and then moving on before I got, because I mean, as I said, we, we thought about the future before we kind of have a lot of thoughts. And if you only get kind of those 45 minutes of a dystopian world, then it mostly covers the obvious, the most obvious things usually first, right? Because you have to give an idea of what this world is like. But what I care more about is the nuanced effects it has on society rather than the general, I don't know, not a fan. Anyway, so um, next up is The Good Place, Zach? Maybe, yeah. Once Black Mirror yeah. is over. Um, that's probably going to be next. Yeah, it's. I really like it. Okay. Um, yeah, I've heard. I've heard yeah. good things. So. I think some people. I. I don't know. Some people I spoke, speak to. They're like, yeah, it was a bit slow, so I stopped watching, and I never got that. Like, Who are those people? <laughs> there are people. Um, I'm. I'm not going to have put anyone's name out there because that. That's a bit mean, right? But some people just never get into it. But. Honestly, I think it's not a slow show at all. And I think there are, if you like the humor, 
you will really be happy with the story too. Like I think I think that might be the thing. If people don't enjoy the jokes, they might not enjoy the show because they feel like it goes a bit slow. But no, I think you should definitely give it a shot. And I think you will think it's funny. So you will be fine. Cool. Well, I'll have to report back uh, probably in a few weeks. Yeah. Now, now when we also have Apple News slow season, we need some other topics. So get some shows to watch. Mm-hmm. Tell us which ones. And then, then we can discuss uh, them in, in, in detail. Sounds good. But I was just wondering, like, how comes you don't want to work on like projects? Because I've always been quite like impressed by you how many things you managed to get done and i think that's probably partly because you're not as engaged in like tv shows and doing those sort of things oh i absolutely do want to work on projects i'm just a little bit burnt out at the moment and to get through the rest of the year at work and stuff uh it's probably best if i because i just finished uni for the year last week um so that's out of the way now um so i think it's a good opportunity to just Take it easy for, but I say easy as in take it easy after work for a few weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, just two or three, and uh, sort of get some energy back, and then uh, start again. I've got, I have a list of blog posts I've been meaning to try. I've been really bad with updating my blog uh, for the last year, pretty much. So that's sort of <laughs> first uh, on the agenda once I'm back into um, into doing some projects on the weekends and things like that. But yeah, for the meantime. Uh, I just like to to rest a little bit more. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so I was thinking about potential prizes for um, for the draft, not a draft, uh, and you've won two Ooh, now, Marlon. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, 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 I had what I thought was a good idea, um, and so I was thinking we could get like commemorative a commemorative keep cup, you know, like the coffee mug things. <gasps> but I like that, and it was really good, and it's a great idea, but. Uh, the minimum order quantity is 160. <laughs> and I, I don't think we had 160 October 2018 drafts. <laughs> so. Well, we can just print for all the for all the rest of the, of the events, Oh, right? man, you should have just shipped that boatload of pickups to Marlin. <laughs> uh, uh, your funny. problem now. Uh. It wouldn't fit in your apartment is my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that you called your own idea a good idea. It's a good idea. Like... It is a good uh, it idea. Is a good it's idea. not bad. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, hmm. But I, I'm still uh, I'm still all four t-shirts for Dub Dub next year. They will be sorted out early next year. Yep. <laughs> if if we even go to Dub Dub, we're all going to Dub Dub. It's fine. We might not have tickets, <laughs> but we will be there outside the doors and stare at everyone else who has who has tickets. Mm, we'll be the at three the, sad the people wearing where, where security. <laughs> <laughs> we will look like we're trying to sell people something you know those people standing outside handing out like brochure like paper those small voucher stuff um mm-hmm. like those type of things yeah that will be us or maybe we should order um, the keep cups and hand them out at dub dub <laughs> oh that's not a bad idea mm. Mm, this will be the new pins people would just attach keep cups to their bags would we have more keep cups than listeners uh yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> um will you apply for for a ticket this year next year yeah 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 and i'll <laughs> still be eligible for the scholarship so Ooh, okay it's a risky business i don't know sort of I, I will probably apply for both and hope that one of the two comes through okay will you okay uh we started talking about that um it is it is an interesting situation. I, I 
usually, or my, my thought was probably not. I was kind of leaning towards that. But based on what I expect to happen during next year's Dubbed Up, I think I want to be there for that. Very secretive. I, um, <laughs> I've spoken before about what we expect to happen. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a bit early for a, a dubbed up, uh, not a draft episode, but um, but I, imagine if you win it, you could get 120 keep counts. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can share them then. Um, no, but I, I think next year dubbed up would be an interesting year, probably uh, one of the more interesting in a while. So um, that might be. I think I would potentially regret not going. So I don't know. I'm a bit on the edge at the moment. Definitely. Between. And I think um, it might be a little bit different for you because it's a lot closer to where you live at the moment. So it's. We so would take a train. Would you actually? How exciting is that? We can, well, that's yeah, cool. we, we thought about taking a train to DubDub. <laughs> for some reason, that really excites me that I can take a train to DubDub. That's pretty cool. Um, but sort of, the, yeah, the way I see it is if I'm going all that way, I would like, like to at least try to have a ticket. Um, because it is yeah. such a long trip and an expensive trip that, I mean, if you're going all that way, it kind of makes sense to want to be at the main event. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. It's just, I don't know. Would you go if if Bo's uh, methods would fail you? Right now, my answer is yes, but that will probably depend on how things are in, when is it, nine months away, eight months away? I mean, you can, you can make it a nice uh, West Coast trip. You can take the train with us back up to Vancouver. <laughs> so, take so the, the train biggest problem. Ways. This is going to take us like a month. <laughs> we, can, we can fly down and take a train back if Zach wants to join us for the train ride. We can record so many episodes on that train. The biggest problem <laughs> we could. The biggest problem is that that <laughs> is exam season at uni and it makes it very ah. difficult to get out of any potential exams if I don't have a ticket. Yeah. Because that's you, can, uh, you, can, you could submit a talk to like... Um, Outconf or something? True, yeah. Because I'm talking in a conference. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but yeah. I mean, I mean if I have a ticket... The university no would probably even let you go if you just showed them, I have a conference, a $0 conference ticket for Outconf. <laughs> I mean, yeah, do sure. they know the difference between a dub dub scholarship and a free conference uh, ticket? They weren't very forgiving with uh, with WWDC in 2016. Oh, really? That was a, it was a bit of work to get uh, things shuffled around, yeah. Okay. So if we're lucky, DubDub is late. So you got all your exams done. It would before. have to be very late. It's probably better earlier, actually, because that tends like this year it was the last week of uni, whereas the year before or the two years before that it overlapped with the first week of exams. So it's a bit yeah, hit and okay. miss, but it's all right. Um, we'll see what what next year holds. Um, yeah. But it would be so convenient if you could just stay and and see Vancouver. And I know because that would mean I don't have to do. I was planning on doing a second trip. Yeah, to see it, but that would mean that doesn't have to happen. But can you ask them to to have your exams early? It's a great question, actually. I don't know. Might be an option. I don't know. Maybe your university has. Yeah. See, the dub dub thing would be fairly like not easy, but is there more understanding if you? It's like I have a conference that I've. I mean, obviously, going as a student on the scholarship program is more appealing to the uni than just having a ticket to a conference, which is more appealing than not having a ticket, but just going for a week. So it's sort of a fine line there of, of what they're okay with. Um, but yeah, we'll see.
All right. So uh, the topic in or the the note in our show notes is saying, "Kais, I make decision." I feel decision is a strong word. Um, I, I did some things. I don't know if I would call it a decision, really. So I did order a mid twenty seventeen iMac um, after our recording last week. So that's exciting. It's the longest period from a release to me buying an Apple device ever. Yeah, but like that's the thing. I don't think it's a bad machine. Like we looked at the specs, and it seems like quite a good machine that will fit your use case. The frustrating part is just that you pay the same amount as if you would have bought it two years ago, one year ago, uh, one and a half year ago, like five hundred twenty days ago. Yeah, <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, so like that's the frustrating part to me. Like I think I think if you're gonna buy something. It's much nicer. We spoke about that earlier. Like, if Zach, you would buy a new phone, it's better to wait like 10 more months because it's a bit frustrating to buy something that's already starting to age. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I usually, I usually have quite a strong policy on new releases for, for products. I'm never, if I'm in a market for something, I'm usually buying it as soon as that new something comes out. It's really rarely, and due to our move, I was in that situation this time around that I'm, I actually need a product urgently and then having to buy it late. So usually my, my policy is kind of like 10 days after release, might as well wait for the next one. But I think that is becoming more and more or less and less feasible over time just because, um, I mean, we see that, right, with, with Intel processors, they make very small, uh, they're very small improvements over time at the moment and therefore Apple seems to decide to not... Um, spec bump devices as often i mean it used to be a period where it was uh we for like the early macbooks and those kind of things the early intel macbooks we had um an early early 2010 and then a late 2010 and early 2011 and then a late 2011 uh device um and i kind of upgraded twice a year back then um, I think those days are probably over, and I, I think it will be over probably forever for for Max until we potentially see something that has a bit faster of a turnaround. Like if we see our Max, but even then we probably see at most one update a year, if even that. So I think I just had to change the way I'm I'm buying Max. And to be fair, the the 2017 iMac is a really really good computer still. Um, I mean, even if there would be a spec bump, it wouldn't be uh, a crazy improvement over over what this one would be. Um, the things I really would have liked are the um, the uh, a better cooling system, just because my old iMac did get loud quite often, and um, I would have liked a T2 or something like that too. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 quite excited. I should get it next week, so maybe next week we'll already record from the new machine. I already have the RAM. That's a benefit. Um, I I predicted that the next iMac will probably not have um, user replaceable RAM. So uh, I for this one I could still buy my RAM. It's already laying here ready for when the iMac arrives. I also have some uh, notifications on uh, if a uh, refurbished iMac comes in stock. I, I have two specific models that I would be interested in. If they come in stock, I I might cancel my order for the for the new one and go refurbished. But I want one with at least 512 gigs uh, SSD. I don't want to have like a Fusion Drive or a hard drive in my iMac. Yeah, and I think like overall, if 
the computer you buy now it's not bad like i think it's a good computer and i think we spoke about this that if if you would end up wanting to upgrade next year when apple hopefully releases a new imac i would be happy to take over the one that you're using at the uh, the one that you just ordered because i think for me that would be fine um like as a as a secondary computer or even as a primary computer because at the moment my my primary computer is the same uh, 13-inch Mac as Kai is having. So I think overall, like, that would be an improvement for me as well. I'm not going to buy one now just because I'm not going to work that often from home. So I think it's good to have my laptop with me. But I, I think it's still not a bad decision to buy it. And I think even if it ends up being something you sell to me or give to me next year, I think that should be fine. Yeah. And I mean, in general, it's a, it's a really good it's a really good computer. I'm... I'm quite excited about getting it. Um, and it it is still, I think, for me overall, by far the best possible uh, configuration. I also looked at the Mac Minis. But they get quite expensive quite fast, too, if you look at... Because I won't, would want to have the i5 or i7 uh, processor. And they only have an integrated GPU um, without any own uh, video RAM. Um so that means all the video RAM would be taken out of your RAM configuration and you still have to, You apparently, I don't know exactly how, how the inside looks, but um, Apple says you should go to a service center to get RAM replaced. Um, so you want a decent amount of RAM because, I mean, if, if you run it with a 5K display, you probably want to have at least five, uh, 4 gig um, of the video RAM for, for the GPU. GPU is really slow. So potentially, if if I want to do anything that's a bit more graphics intense, I might have to buy an eGPU. And even the 5K LG UltraFine is still $1,600 here uh, before tax. So I would pay almost $2,000 for the display alone. Um, and that's, that's almost uh, getting me into the iMac territory already. Um, and then I have an LG monitor. So I, I still think... For for what I need, the iMac is still the best possible thing. Yeah, that's the thing. That 5K display is super expensive. I mean, looking at yeah. it on the Australian store, it's almost nineteen hundred dollars, yeah. including tax. Uh, <laughs> it's also a lot uglier than the than the 4K display. Yeah, uh, I've just noticed. I didn't realize that this is the case. But the top bezel is thicker than the other three bezels because it has a webcam. I know. Um, so I use the 4K display, and I absolutely love that thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize the 5K is actually uglier. Um, yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> quite a lot so I, I can completely understand why you aren't interested in that uh anymore mm. and i guess once you throw on a mac mini to the price of that screen it's not worth it yeah yeah definitely not and i mean now having worked from the uh 13 inch macbook pro for so long i also kind of reevaluated my my cpu and uh requirements mm. because despite me not enjoying working on this thing um too much it's pretty capable for what it is yeah, it, it is reasonable. Yeah. I mean, every time we do anything with the audio, it's super frustrating mm-hmm. because uh, if I do our all the all the processing on our audio files, it takes a surprising amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, exporting from Logic takes a long time, all those things. And also, Logic doesn't let you cancel an export. Yeah, that part is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing export on Logic, then I realized, damn it, there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. I now have two options, waiting for the export to finish or force quitting logic <laughs> yeah and the reason i don't do that when i when i make the same mistake is because i'm n- never sure where my last save when my last save was and i yeah. don't want to risk yeah. mess uh, missing some data there but 
Yeah, I de- and it's hard to, to hard to notice, right? Mm. If you force quit something like a podcast edit, it's hard to to see whether something changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, since since you thought you had the latest version, so yeah, I'm also just waiting for the export to finish and then doing it again. Yeah. But that also because of that, I I also didn't go with a fully uh, Mac spec um, iMac this time around, unless the um, the refurbished one comes um available here uh so i basically have the base cpu uh got it with um eight gigs of ram got the ram upgrade kit already here so i will get it up to 32 um 512 gig ssd and the base configuration ssd uh base configuration uh gpu which already has four gigs of video ram that's um that's why i used to upgrade my the 2015 imac to the m39 5x because i wanted the four gigs of video ram um so all the base configuration imac 5k come with a four gig um graphics card already so i went essentially base configuration just with me upgrading the ram myself and the larger ssd i think that's smart yeah i mean i've found with recent mac purchases that uh it really is the the storage space space that matters most um I haven't upgraded a processor in a while, and even even RAM, um, it's not super necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah but also, I think the default storage wouldn't be an SSD; it would be a just a regular hard drive. Uh, sense, so. Yeah, hard drive. So I think hard I think, drive or fusion drive. Yeah, like I think that's a bit weird that they mm. are not by, with SSD by default because I think realistically, most people who want a pro machine would not be happy having uh, just having a like a non-SSD. Oh, absolutely. So, well, it's not a Pro machine. It's not uh, Space Gray. <laughs> does the Space Gray, does the iMac Pro come with uh, only only available with SSD? Yeah, yeah. They they got yeah. rid of all the... But still, like this one is, it's not an old computer. It came out in 2017. There are no MacBooks that you could buy with an, uh, that's not having an SSD. I think it's a bit... Yeah, but I mean, there hasn't been a major refresh I think when when that design uh, came around and the internal design, I mean, most of the internal components didn't really sh- uh, shift a lot inside. Um, I mean, they do have the space where where the hard drive goes. Um, I would expect. I mean, as I probably predicted during our Nala draft, um, was the uh, that um, the next one will be SSD only. If not. Might take that for my next. I pick. think what you predicted was that the layout will be the internal component layout will be different, and that will uh, make it less loud and improve the fan structure. I think mm. that was your prediction. Yeah, the cooling system. Yes, yeah. but um, so I, I would be surprised if the next iMac is still not having um, only SSD options. But I mean, it doesn't really matter for me uh, now. Now I got the SSD upgrade which i think is probably the most important thing you can do if you buy an imac today uh get an ssd instead of the fusion drive or the hard drive um but overall it was was pretty good uh value for money and even with all the gpu upgrades it would be 10 15 18 percent um performance increase but also then uh you have more more heat in the case uh which was a bit of an issue with the 4 gigahertz iMac I had from 2015. Uh, it did get quite loud whenever it did anything. Um, I mean, it was also Australia. Australia was pretty pretty warm usually, um, especially in summers. Yep, my Mac is feeling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the fans. Yeah. 
So I, I'm I'm quite excited about that machine. And it also means I save myself a few thousand dollars compared to the fully upgraded one. So if if there is something um I mean for me the only thing I can imagine um the only thing I can imagine driving me to an upgrade in the closer like in within the next year or two would be if there are significant improvements to the display. Um, I'm, I really, I mean, to this day, my, my, uh, in for, for, um, all, all of, since I started, uh, getting Apple products, the most exciting two things were when the iPhone, uh, from the 3GS to the 4 went Retina and when the Retina, um, 15 inch MacBook Pro came out. I mean, there were a lot of other great products, but for me, those, those display related things were always the, the biggest improvements to those devices. So I'm I'm in general really really into um, nice displays. So if there would be significant display updates, I I can see myself updating earlier. Therefore, also nice to not go with a fully maxed out one. But um, I also see myself in case there are no significant display updates coming within the next year two three, I I can see myself keeping this computer around for a few years. Interesting. So yeah, I'm 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 super excited. I'm looking forward to, to yeah <clears throat> yeah it's. Um it was probably still worth waiting for the event just to see what they're releasing. It's nice to know that you at least go with the latest one. Well, I wouldn't wouldn't have minded to have an iMac for for I'm the last three months. Trying to make you feel better. Yeah, mm. thanks. Uh, but you know what? I would have also made me feel better having an iMac for three months. <laughs> so while you were uh, talking about the Macs, I was looking at. The prices on the Australian <laughs> store. Um, well, you were not paying attention to my boring iMac. No, no, I was, I was trying to cross-reference things you were saying. I was because I, I haven't looked through the store he's, since he's the, you, since the uh, Wednesday or the event on Wednesday. Uh, and I'm now, I'm now on an iPad page. And sorry, to, sorry to make this about the iPad, but Apple.com forward slash AU forward slash iPad Pro has the weirdest scrolling I have ever seen on an Apple website, and it's slightly worrying. It's not a vertical web page, <laughs> but when you scroll vertically, like up or down, yeah, this page moves from side to side. Oh, Why are they doing so this? Can I try? This is incredibly strange, and I'm kind of creeped out right now. Okay. That is, yeah, that is a bit weird. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, this is... I'm trying really to. Bad. It looks really awkward. Yeah, anyway, I just wanted to point that out because it's strange. But you can also scroll left and right. You can, and that feels more natural. But it's just weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it also, does, if you, it, 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 it hurts somehow. <laughs> it's also, if you do scroll up and down, the scroll indicator on the side does move. If you scroll left and right, it doesn't. Uh, and then the next time you scroll down, it jumps. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Gee. So... JavaScript. Mm, it's great. Should write you should write all everything in JavaScript. I mean I'm always I'm always usually impressed by Apple's uh, product pages. I think they're usually quite nice, but this is a bit weird. I wonder if it's nicer. Yeah, the ones where they hijack your scrolling is not particularly something I like. I mean sometimes they use that for interesting like yeah, effects. But it doesn't really add much. Why do they even need to have it sideward scrolling? I don't mm. see it's not like they have like a huge panorama picture or something. Like then I would sort of understand, but it's all independent pictures with text in between. It's not 
really necessary. I'm checking through like if there's something that makes. I guess there's one when they're like opening the case. Um, I think the coolest use that? of um, that odd scrolling method was when uh, I think the iMac Pro came out and you started uh, zoomed in on a photo, and then as you scrolled down, you zoomed out and you saw that that photo was. Uh, being displayed on an iMac Pro screen. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of nice. cool. Um, but other than that, I've never found them particularly uh, intuitive, really. It just it, it feels a little bit weird. When you get to the end of the iPad Pro uh, page, then it starts scrolling yeah. downwards yeah. too. It's very interesting. Even if you scroll to the right or left. Oh, no. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, sorry to derail from the, the Mac discussion. Um, I just thought that was worthy of being mentioned. After after me talking for years about iMacs, now I finally ordered my iMac and you want to talk about iPad Pro. Well, you didn't get the iMac you really wanted at the event, so I was trying to distract <laughs> you and make you think about other happier things. No, no, I'm like actually... I was sideways scrolling. <laughs> Super excited. That's your happy place, right? No, I'm, I'm actually really excited about the iMac. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, d- the only thing is that I... I feel weird about buying an iMac that's been around for so long yeah, after yeah. waiting for, for such a long period of time. But unless Apple would release... I I mean, it would be weird if Apple would release a spec bump now in a press release, considering that they already had a press release about updated GPUs in, um, in the MacBook line. I, I would be surprised if Apple would have anything before for spring, at least, on the iMacs. And I, I can't wait that long i'm not a fan of having waited so long since a release of the product but it's not that i don't actually want that imac i'm really excited about it i'm really looking forward to that oh yeah you're gonna love it i mean i know how much you like the imacs <laughs> and i think it's it's a it's a great it's a great uh computer it's just i don't know it just feels weird to me to to buy something after f- over 500 days of a release and still paying exactly the same you would have paid 500 days ago um, but that that's the only thing. I'm super excited about it. It would be nice if if everything works out, one of the refurbished models that I'm done after is coming available within the next day or two, and then I can switch to that. That feels a bit better because then I at least get the, I don't know, 15% discount on the refurbished. Um, but even if not, I'm I'm looking forward to, to having a proper computer again to work on. Cool. No, I think that makes sense. What are you using to keep on track of the refurbished stock? Is it iStock now? Um, no, I actually built uh, my own thing. Oh, I forgot you have your crawler thing for pack track. Yeah, so I, I'm just uh, basically checking because I know uh, the URL for the, it's it's super. It's it's not something I can share with anyone. Mm-hmm. It's just really built for myself, kind of hard coded uh, URL for the two machines, and. Um, for the refurbished store, you can go to the product detail pages, even of sold out products. Um, but then the um, the button is uh, disabled to add it to your uh, bag. So I'm basically just checking the URL, then checking whether the the add to bag button is disabled or not. If it's enabled, then I send myself a push notification. Um, Very nice. And if I hit that push notification, it's, it's a link directly to the product purchase page for that for that model cool so um it's super i I thought about potentially making it a thing um but i've seen there are it would be kind of fun i i might 
built that in, in over the winter. Maybe just a small app, uh, basically like a pack track. Uh, uh, what do you call that side project? No, a like you know, like fork, like kind of like a spin-off. Yeah, a spin-off. So that, pack track. I don't know if like. Ah, we don't have to talk about that. Um, it's basically uh, I thought about something just for keeping track of refurbished stock. So you you would have um, you you select a store you're in. I would probably pre-select based on the country you're in, and then select a model you want, and then you get a notification when it's available. Uh, I thought it would be fun. I was confident it would exist. There are a few websites that do exist, but they work kind of not perfectly on in Safari. So I figured I'd just make it myself. So I thought it might be fun to to put it into an iOS app at some point. Cool. Did we lose Zach? Oh, no, me. Um, every time you're not talking for a while, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit uh, confused because I've had my MacBook restart randomly uh, twice today already. Oh, okay. And I I don't I have no idea what it is. I th- I tried going through the logs. There was I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And the second time, I didn't even get the message that my computer uh, was. Did that my computer restarted? Okay. You know, usually you get a uh, something went wrong, show the report. I got that the first time around. You shut your computer down because of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time, I think it was um, when I googled the error message. It seemed to be related to the USB C to Lightning cable. Okay. So I had that one plugged in to charge my uh, AirPods, mm-hmm. and apparently. A lot of those cables just uh, crash your Mac, so that that that's very good. Um, but the second time around, I didn't even have that thing plugged in, and it was a re- really weird crash too. I was on a FaceTime uh, audio call, and what happened is first the call just I couldn't hear anything anymore, but my Mac still worked. Um, so I, then I thought that is weird. Wonder if something went wrong with uh, the FaceTime audio call. Uh, because I couldn't hear the the person on the other side anymore, so I hit the FaceTime um, icon in my menu bar, and then my computer restarted. Okay, so I don't know what that was. That's exceptionally strange. Also, FaceTime shows in the menu bar. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, no, sorry, not menu bar. I mean dock. Oh, okay. It All wasn't right. a dock. Right. Sounds like you're up for a new computer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I usually kill the. It's super annoying. I don't know why why that happens. If you're on a FaceTime call, you have this silly um, FaceTime information, the, a persistent FaceTime notification on your computer. It's, Maybe in the top right corner. Mm-hmm, yep, and you can't get rid of it. Yeah, so um, you can get you can get rid of it in two ways. You can either put your uh, computer in um, Do Not Disturb. Because that silences all notifications, and they seem to use the notification thing to to show that. That didn't work for me the other day. <laughs> well, I swear I tried that. Oh well, okay. Anyway, sorry. Works on my machine. <laughs> Says every dev ever. <laughs> and the second way is you can um, in terminal kill the FaceTime notification center service, ah, okay. and that's what I usually do. So maybe that's why. It doesn't work as you expect when you're using FaceTime. <laughs> I mean, considering that it's literally called, uh, I can I can also add that command into the show notes. Um, but the, the the thing you're the process you're killing is literally FaceTime notification center servers. I'm quite confident that it wouldn't kill anything else that that you might need. So the FaceTime know, call maybe. still works. Depends on how you're programming. If everything has their single responsibility, sure. 
then then it's fine. Yeah. If things have side effects. Yeah. No, it seems. I mean, as I said, it it's kind of the same thing as if you're in do not disturb, at least on my machine. Um, so that's usually what I'm doing. I I just have uh, should build an automator a script for that to yeah, and then maybe you can set up something like a shortcut. <laughs> See, this is a useful thing. Yeah, but I I don't understand why why this is a thing you can't just hide. I wonder if it's a privacy thing, like they want to inform you that you are actually on a call. That's a good point. Yeah, because especially if you like if you yeah because if if you're using if if you're in like a regular FaceTime call with video, then the camera lights up, but otherwise your audio is basically being connected to someone else no. without you knowing it or without you seeing a visual indication of it. Yeah, but I mean that that could happen everywhere else too. That could happen in Skype and. All the other chat tools. Yeah, but I guess it's, I mean, it's up to the developer of the app to do it, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish I could just hide that. I mean, it shouldn't, I'm, I'm happy for it to be there by default, but not being able to hide it because it's not like that area of the screen is never used by anything. I mean, I've constantly have things in the top right hand corner. Why, why would I not use that? And it's not like I, I rearrange all my windows just because I'm on a FaceTime audio call. It's just a bit annoying to me. Hmm. Software is hard. So that's, that's my, so far my number one wish list item for, for, uh, macOS High Mojave. <laughs> Was it Mountain Mojave? Yeah, you, you uh, believe you believe in the. the, the this is going to be a huge update, right? <laughs> they they make you allow to, they allow you to dismiss notifications. But I don't. No, I mean, you can dismiss other yeah, notifications. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm but I'm system. I'm so far I'm I'm a huge fan of. I mean, after just talking about my computer constantly restarting randomly, uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of Mojave. Uh, I I I had that in the show notes for so long, and now. Now is as good of a chance as ever. Um, one of my favorite features is, you know how uh, Apple moved from iPhoto to the Photos app? app? Uh, I don't know when. Mm. This would have been at least like five, four years ago or something. Yeah, right? uh, years ago. Um, you couldn't drag a picture into a Finder open dialog to, to open a, uh, a picture. It would just, it's not dra- like draggable. Um, what it did with iPhoto, if you did that, it would just jump to the, the file in your file system where that picture is. And with Mojave, you can finally do that again. Speaking of photos, have you guys noticed that? Well, I thought there would be applause and cheers for this. Yeah, great sorry, sorry. I just realized a really annoying thing that I'm frustrated about that I think happened in Mojave. So if you are opening photos and then you want to look at a picture, first you, like, let's say that you're in the overview. So you see multiple pictures on the screen, um, like in a overview mode, like a zoomed out mode. And then you want to look at one of the pictures in detail. How would you do that, Zach? Like, what's the f- quickest way for you to see just one of those pictures? Don't look it up. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a trick question. Yeah. So, like, intuitively, what would you think you do? Like, how would you usually do it? it to go from... Like, you're in the overview when you're looking at, like, the weekly or the monthly mm. view when you have smaller pictures. Yeah. And then you want to see one of them uh, enlarged. Mm. Like, how would yeah. you do that? I I double tap, I guess. It's a Mac. Yeah. Okay. Double. You can do that, but yeah. like I always used to use the space bar. Oh, okay. Oh, like so in Finder. You used, 
Yeah, 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 exactly. So you used to be able to do the same thing. So you like if you selected a picture, you can just have spacebar and that that's gonna enlarge it. Now they changed that to be an action to view live photos. So it plays live photos instead. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but still in really. their little tiny preview window. Yeah, exactly. Which is a, I guess it's fine if you want to see that it's a live photo, but I don't know. I just feel like. It's like this action that I've been using for years to enlarge a photo. Mm. And like you said, you use it in Finder as well. And now it's gone. It's, I found it to be more useful when you could just enlarge the picture. It's just a small thing that I've been frustrated about lately because I actually started looking a lot at older pictures. So, yeah. My week has been tough. That is, yeah, that's very strange. I, I think the Photos app isn't particularly great on macOS, but anyway. I quite like it by now. Really? Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's, I thought it was nice too. I didn't mind that. Yeah, I um, just think it's a nice, the design I, I like. It starts to be a bit more, it was a bit too minimalistic for a while, but I think now you start to be able to use it in quite a advanced way. Like, I like. I like the, I, I already liked it in, in, in iPhoto, but places yeah I, I find places is a really nice way of looking at pictures oh, yeah. yeah to kind That's of see fun. markers of where you've been in the world i i often find it quite interesting to because it kind of grows with you right the older you get the more you travel the more places you've taken pictures so i often take and if i go to to places i just take a picture not necessarily because i see something nice to take a picture of but more to set a marker on on my places map and then I kind of like to sometimes uh, look at pictures that way to see, yeah. oh, interesting, when have I been there? And then see yeah. pictures from some I think random place. This was not on by default on the earlier iPhones. So the location wasn't always attached to the images. You actually had to manually in and change this setting. So I thought that I was like going a year and selecting uh, and collecting all the places I've been to. But it turns out that you manually have to turn it on. So uh, if you okay. don't, you have no way of seeing any of those pictures. So. It's not the case anymore, but I ended up missing. Like, I think I did a lot of traveling that year too. I was like, this is going to look so great. And for some reason, I never went out and checked. And then like a year later, I was like, oh no, it's not actually here. Have you been to Iceland, Kai? Oh, those are the default development pictures. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Sam? Yeah, yeah. The ones that they installed. Yeah, it's just like beautiful pictures ah. of waterfalls. So I was like, wow, when were you, when were you in Iceland? But no, oh, it's just great. Uh, basically when you're developing for the... Um, for the iPhone and you do anything with UIKit, um, you can see example pictures and then there are those beautiful pictures from Iceland that clearly we didn't take. It's, they're really nice. Yeah, they're nice pictures. Another thing now when we're about small nitpicky things about photo related things, um, if you go to your contacts on iOS 12 um, and you want to assign a picture to one of your contacts, you would think a smart thing to then present as you go through your photo library would be the people's uh, category, I don't know, group. But iOS doesn't do that. So if you uh, if you want to want to add a picture of a person, you have to find that in your in your role or in your albums, but you can't go by people, which I find really strange. Yeah, otherwise you could go to you could go to photos instead and then go to the people tab and then you can assign it there manually. Yes, that's what I was just about to say. It's the most useful way, probably. Yeah, this still didn't work for me. So I've been trying to add a picture to USAC for like also a week and 
Yeah, it hasn't really worked as you try it on the Mac. Man, you had a busy week. Yeah, very exciting <laughs> task. Thank you. I know. I know. Super productive. Yeah, I, well, I know. It wasn't because I couldn't add a picture, <laughs> and you know. Yeah, I understand the other way around, but it was just today for some reason the you changed what email address you're sending your iMessages from. So uh, when I saw that, I added that email address to your contact. So I was in the oh. contacts, and I thought, hey, might as well. Might as well add um, your a picture to your your uh, user, and I did that. I tried to do that from there, and was annoyed about that. I couldn't just select that by people. You know what I also noticed. You know what I also noticed when I tried assigning a picture to you earlier, Zach. Um, every picture I have of you on multiple different events, you have um, the shirt that I put in our artwork for, for the show <laughs> it's a I, good that's the only picture I have. <laughs> yeah the one with like the code yep, like with the yeah. different color lines of code yeah it's that's the one. super comfortable <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um what out of curiosity what email address is it coming from uh your icloud one at no 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 the icloud at icloud.com that's not right <sighs> i'm gonna turn that off turning off 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 okay uh, my SIM card has been, this isn't for the show, but just my SIM card has been, I think, coming loose because I keep getting the no SIM message. Oh, really? So, that I've been sucks. having to take it out and put it back in, um, which fixes the problem temporarily. Uh, it only started today, you, but I've had to do it a few maybe times. Maybe you should get the new SIM card Yeah, slot. I was thinking I should. Like a new, uh, or a new tray? I think that unfortunately sounds more like the pins inside of your phone that touch the... The SIM card might be loose. Maybe. I was hoping it's just the SIM card. Yeah, or the SIM card itself. Does the SIM card look uh, darkened, browned? No, it doesn't. I mean, it, it's hardly moved since it went into the phone, but mm. I don't know. Yeah, but it could be that if there's any oxidation, oxidization mm. on the SIM card or if it ever got moist. I've heard rumors you used your phone underwater. That has um, happened, yeah. Yep. <laughs> don't deny it. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, new SIM card is probably a good first try, but alternatively, you could get an iPhone XS. Could, but I won't. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, actually, I had something I wanted to say. Um, we went to the Apple Store. I think you did the same, Zach. Um, so we went to the Apple Store to look at the iPhone XR. Oh, yep, yep, cool. You looked as well, right? Yes, I feel it. like you sent me a picture of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think um, I just want to have a look at the picture and also feel the size. And I actually quite like, I, I really like the different colors. Did I say colors or did I say picture? You said colors, yeah. No colors. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to go and look at the colors. And yeah, it's 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 really cool. I think many of them are like really popping. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at the coral one, which I thought was really nice. Um, and like you really have to see them there to like really see how colorful they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that, like I felt like I was holding it, and I didn't hold it right next to my t- iPhone XS, and somehow it felt heavy, but it didn't feel larger. Like I didn't feel like it was surprisingly large. The only thing I noticed was that it was heavier. And then afterwards, I realized, like, oh yeah, that's because it's actually bigger. But to me, it didn't feel as big as like I would expect it to do. I feel like you feel a bigger, a much bigger difference with other with other phones, like from the I guess from the 8 to the 10s. Uh, no, sorry, to the 10. That was a much larger difference. So it's interesting that you found that because it is closer 
to the 10s max size than it is to the 10 size yeah but i'm wondering yeah, do you use your 10 in a case because maybe a 10 with a case is quite similar to a 10r without no one. i'm not using cases Zach. Yeah. Ah, i'm confused then because <laughs> i yeah it's, it's yeah. weird i picked it up and thought this thing is huge it's terrible maybe it's because yeah like i think we spoke about this earlier that now when you picked up the iphone 10 you realize how big that was mm-hmm. and then you went to the iphone 10s and then that felt really small right yes yes the 10s actually yeah. felt like a reasonable humanly sized phone uh when i went from that from the 10r to that so i don't know it's uh it made it slightly more appealing <laughs> yeah yeah that's their selling point yeah <laughs> i f- i found the 10r super slippery really yeah when i i, I don't know again uh, might have been all the hand oil from all the people that that mm. touched the phone uh, in the Apple Store. How annoying are those people? <laughs> when I picked that up, I almost slipped from trying to get it out of the dock that they have there. Oh no! So it, it was. I I thought it was super slippery, and then the the fact that it is a bit bigger didn't really help with with having a good grip. I don't understand. I have relatively large hands. I don't understand why people like humongous phones this is a discussion we have had many times <laughs> i don't feel like we will get but every here. time there i apple, know i know they're really large phones and but this, is, this is the reality we live in nowadays. but every time apple doubles down on those humongous phones i mean the average person has a smaller hand than me and you you constantly see people that can't touch anything in ios because like they want to go add something new and try to hit the Plus, in the top right hand uh, of your of the screen, I have to use two hands, and, yeah. and it's just. It would be interesting to see statistics of how many people drop their phones now when they're bigger compared to when it's smaller. So it's part of Apple's uh, yeah. increasing average sales how they prices, get you. and it's like so how, that's how you get money off those returns. Do display of those repairs? <laughs> do do repairs count into service in, into the service category? Because if so, I'm sure Apple does it on purpose. <laughs> Probably does. No, no, but one this week in conspiracy theory <laughs> podcast. Uh, but um, we did talk a bit to the person in the Apple Store working there, um, and we just spoke about the different colors. And she apparently the yellow one was really popular. I wouldn't have expected that. The yellow one is really nice. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I like that and the red. I thought they were both uh, pretty good, pretty good colors. I, I really like the red one. Yeah, I think the red one is nice, but I think the yellow one, it's not like it's not popping as much. It's not that very colorful, I guess. I think it's a bit boring. But what she said is that, like her theory was that many people do put cases on their phones. So what you end up seeing is just the best, uh, sorry, the, the metal, the aluminum around frame. the frame. Uh, yeah, the aluminum frame. And that looks gold, right? So she thought that that might be why I made it. Yeah, it is quite different to the color of the back of the phone. Yeah. So I think that's what she, that was her theory, that people buy it because they want it to look like they have a gold phone. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the, the theory. And I think that does make sense. Like, I think a lot of people do like the golden one, but this is a bit cheaper and it looks very similar to the old gold for color when you start getting like the more champagne gold mm-hmm. as the first gold colored phone. Uh, so yeah, I, I see that. And apparently the coral one was also quite popular and the blue one, I think she thought was the least popular. Oh, interesting. I kind of thought that would be the the safe option for most people 
who want a colorful phone. Yeah, people who want to have like a bit more color, but still want it to not stick out too much. I thought that the um, the white colored phone was actually uh, also equally interesting because finally you can get a white colored phone. With, I mean, I know it started with the 10 last year, but a white colored phone with a black front. Yeah. Um, so the color isn't distracting. And if you look at it from the front, it looks exactly like the Apple Watch uh like the silver Apple Watch because it's got a sort of silver side bezel thing uh, and the back of the phone is white. And I thought mm-hmm. that kind of looked looked cool and maybe for the first time I sort of gave a second thought to a non-black phone um, because I thought it looked <laughs> cool. And I'd be like, oh, that, if I was getting a phone, that would match my watch and that might be nice. But alas, I don't have to worry about that. So it's fine. Mm. <laughs> I was surprised how spoiled I, I got from the iPhone XS or the iPhone X and XS uh, uh, OLED displays. Um, I don't know if, if just a, in general the panel quality dropped for the XR compared to uh, the iPhone 7 and 8. No, there's no um, way. But when no. I looked at it, I, I, I thought, wow, this is really odd. I don't know. It wasn't as... Um, I mean, there are other issues I have with the OLED screen with like the the um, response rate from turning from black to like a gray. That's a bit annoying with OLED. But otherwise, it looks so much nicer than those LCD screens. Like just the, the colors, the uniformity of the display. Um, grays look kind of weird. They kind of had like a... I don't know, the gray shifted from like a lighter gray to a darker gray and back to a lighter gray. Uh, I just... I was surprised how how that looked because in the beginning when I got my iPhone 10, I thought I was sad that they moved away from uh, LCD and thought it would be so nice to have an uh, iPhone 10-like uh, device with an LCD screen instead of a OLED. So this is their way of making you more happy about the OLED. They just made a screen. <laughs> Second part of conspiracy podcast. <laughs> but also, to be fair, uh, I did have a lot of display issues with my iPhone uh, 10 initially. Uh, I had like basically all the di- display issues that you had in the early models. Uh, one where uh, it just turned completely pink purple so everything that was white or was supposed to be white was purple then i got it replaced the next one was completely uh yellow then the next one had a crazy color shift when you looked at it from any off angle um and i think i and apple apple saw the saw the issues and kept replacing them so that was pretty nice uh you probably wouldn't get it with most other manufacturers um but i think i had uh i went through four or five iphone 10 before before I had one where I thought the display looked nice. Maybe it's a good thing you're not getting this iMac on its day one launch because you don't have uh, much luck with these things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I, I'm very unlucky. I think I'm just super picky when it comes to display. Um, I mean, like other things I probably wouldn't notice. Like if the if the speakers are any more quiet or lack some, some range, I probably wouldn't notice. Um, it's just everything display related. I mean, I'm super happy that we're now past the point where where uh, Max had dead pixels. Oh man, saying that I already regret having said that. But I've had so many years now of not having dead pixels on any any uh, devices. That was that used to be. I think when I got my twen- 2008 MacBook, I I replaced like ten times to get a panel that I was actually happy with. Yeah. So display things are always for me the biggest the most important thing uh therefore my 
my potentially upgrading if the iMac gets a better panel. Um, but apart from panels, I, I think I'm not... Uh, uh, yeah, you might be right. My MacBook was also a bit weird. When I when I get that one, the the MacBook Pro I have now, when I when we Martin and me both got one at the same day or the same time, uh, and both of them opened to kernel panics and not booting, <laughs> and that was fresh from from Apple, so we had to uh, do a clean install on both machines to even get them running. So maybe maybe I am more unlucky than average. And my my Apple Watch, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, you've had quite the quite the year. I should really sell my Apple stock. <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize how everything was broken at first. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe I should uh, get get some other hardware product in the future. All right, it's very interesting. <laughs> that ended happily. <laughs> it's like Kai just went through this series of realizing that everything is broken. <laughs> it must be quite um well-known person like the customer support team. That's, that's why I'm moving countries every five years, so I get a new <laughs> Apple entity, one that still sells me Macs. They have your photo on the wall somewhere, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm, I mean, that's a nice thing at least is it always works out in the end. Like Apple is actually uh, putting a lot of effort into then. I mean, it's always a bit annoying that you have to jump through hoops if you have any issues, but at least... It, I've never had a situation where it didn't work out in the end. I was always quite quite happy with how both phone support and and Genius in store support was handled, even if they did, if there there were any issues, or even if repairs failed. Uh, in the end, they always came through. We have a new segment. Segment. Look how look how formal we are. Um, we call it the stuff we like list thing. <laughs> this is not technically a list. Um, so I disagree with this name. That's the one reason I disagree with this name. Um, it's not a list. Uh, so basically, I think the point of this should be that um, we want to talk about if there's something that we're excited about that we want to like mention, we should mention it here. And this is sort of replacing our app of the week thing that we used to do when we used to basically... Um, say which app we have been using in that week and which app we would like want to talk about. And then we used to put it in a list. Uh, but now we feel like we should probably use this more broadly and put like general things in there that we like. It can be anything from a vacuum cleaner to um, a sweater to a phone or an app. So I think it's quite flexible and it's just meant for us to like chat about something we're excited about. That's how I understand this. Is this correct? I mean, I'm sure I will come up with certain rules at some point during during the segment. Yeah, we don't we don't doubt it. Um, I think just as a starting point, probably you can pick something that has been picked before, unless there are significant updates to it. So if Zach would um, pick Tweetbot, you can then next week say, "Now I pick Tweetbot," unless. Uh, a major tweetbot update or even a minor one that has a specific thing that that you then pick you so you're not picking all of tweetbot but you're picking or or what is it called stuff we like so if it's the stuff the the thing you like is something that was added in that update then you can pick that one in in particular but we can't just say we all pick tweetbot every episode now is that fair yeah there goes my next month of picks wow Thanks, Kai. 
Um, this is a bit awkward. You're the only one who wrote something in this section, Zach. I am prepared. Woo! Oh, mine, mine is just a surprise. What's the order here? Should I start? Yeah, you can start. All right. So, um, my what what is this? My stuff I like. Um, I thought now with this uh, newly um, acquired freedom of not having to pick apps, iOS apps, I thought I go outside of uh, apps uh, at least for the first one, and I pick an AeroPress. Um, this goes very well in hand with my with my pick, but go on. Okay. Um, so, uh, I mean, this is kind of what our idea was for this podcast in the first place, right? So we, we used to work together and we um, usually took a longer coffee break where we would go to a coffee place uh, and talk about tech, usually in the morning, kind of an hour after everyone got to work. Um, and we really enjoyed those conversations and thought we should make that as a podcast when, when we move to uh, the other side of the world. Um, and now I'm, I'm usually working from home, so I don't really have a coffee place I, I frequent to. So I, most of my coffee and coffee consumption comes, uh, from homemade coffee now. And for that, I used an AeroPress. I mean, I've, I've had the AeroPress for, for a few years now. This is, I think, the third one we had. Um, and it's, it's pretty basic. It's basically a, a plastic cylinder and then like a plunger. And you put your coffee in it and then you use, uh, the plunger to, to squeeze it through. But you're actually squeezing the air that then pushes the, the water into grind or the water through the grind. Um, and it makes makes a really nice uh, clean cup of coffee. It's more like so a. This is for like a, a single cup. It's not very good if you and like like if you're a person who drinks like a pot in an hour. I think you you need something else. Though, Unless but. you really don't want to get work done, because it's probably a five yeah. minute process for each each cup. Maybe a bit less, but somewhat like that. It's also really annoying if you have uh, four people over and. Uh, you accidentally offered them coffee because you talk about how much you like your coffee you make at home and then they ask for it. Now you're standing there for 10 minutes uh, squeezing coffee through a plastic cylinder. But for kind of the home use, uh, I usually drink a coffee or at most two coffees a day. Uh, usually more in the one coffee a day realm. Uh, it's really nice. I, I, like the, I like the procedure. I, I, grind, I grind the coffee at home. Um, have a nice kettle to, to warm up the water to the right temperature, uh, and then use the AeroPress. And it's not, it's not like an, uh, espresso type coffee. It's definitely a, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a premium filter type coffee, but it's a really. Yeah, I would say it flavor is similar to pour over just because it's not, it's not steeping as long as like, um, as filtered coffee would. But yeah, it's a really easy and that's also. When you squeeze it through, you don't have like a coffee mess everywhere. You, if you squeeze it through, so there's still like a filter and it's like a plastic thingy that you screw the filter in into the plastic cylinder. Um, and after you squeeze the, the water through, uh, you can basically, uh, open the, the side where the filter is and pop the filter and the uh, coffee grind into the bin, um, into the trash. Uh, and it's uh, cleaning the thing up is taking I don't know two three seconds. So after after a few minutes, you have a really nice cup of of simple 
coffee. I, I usually drink it without milk. Uh, so you got a really nice cup of coffee. And I thought now with this freedom of not having to pick apps, I, I started with a coffee thing because that's kind of how the podcast started. <laughs> Sounds good. It's very, uh, very on brand for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I use it too, uh, all the time. I'm going to bring one to work actually, uh, because I think it's nice to always be able to make your coffee without, it's nice to walk and get coffee, but it can take a bit of time. So I want to bring one with me too. Um, do you want to go next, Zach? Sure. Uh, so, uh, my pick is, uh, bit different it's not a a tangible thing as such but it's actually a, an organization so uh jdrf the juvenile diabetes research foundation uh are a a foundation who sort of take care of people with diabetes and offer support and they fund a lot of research into uh developments and things like that for for people with type 1 diabetes uh, and i think that's that's their main uh, the main use of the the funds they get is funding research and they do a lot of good work. And I did just want to mention that it is, as uh, so we are fundraising at the moment for, um, for JDRF, uh, we have a, uh, a fundraising link that will go into the show notes. Um, it's a, so I context here, I have uh, type one diabetes. I have had type one diabetes for almost 18 years. Um, it is a, a very manageable disease, uh, very, very lucky to live in the time we do. Um, but it is, uh, thanks to a lot of the, the research and a lot of the work that gets done by organizations such as JDRF, uh, that it is so, uh, such a manageable disease in, such a manageable disease in today's day and age. Um, so I did also just, just want to ask that if anybody, uh, is willing and able to help out with a small donation. Um, I would appreciate that greatly. Uh, as I said, we'll have a link in the, in the show notes. Um, and you can know that that money is going towards a, a very good organization who is funding research to, to truly make, uh, lives better for people with type one diabetes. I know I've, I've uh, gotten a lot of benefit out of, um, the, the studies and things that they do. Um, and, uh, as have countless other people with type one diabetes. So that's my pick. Uh, yeah, JDRF and the the fundraisers that are going on at the moment. So. Well, now our picks uh, suck. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I I would uh, agree with your pick. I think it's it's not a pick. It's stuff you like. Yes, stuff which... stuff we like. Um, and also, Marlon, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your donation. I saw that this morning. Um, much appreciated. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's very kind. No, thank you. No, no problem. Um, I think uh, yeah, it's uh, I think every like like most donations, it helps to give like. Even if you can't give a lot, I think giving a little bit really helps. And I think it gives encouragement to the people who are funding. So I would also encourage everyone who has the resources to go and fund it. I think it's a, it's a great cause. Absolutely. Yeah. It all adds up and, uh, it makes a, it makes a big difference at the end of the day. Cause these are, these medical things, they're expensive. <laughs> mm. yeah. Might yeah. be a good segment for the podcast. Maybe once a month to, to pick like a, an organization or some kind of mm. course that we want to highlight mm -hmm. and kind of explain what they're doing and to to kind of help people that because it's often uh i had that a lot that when you have an income and you want to do something good it's often hard to to pick what because there's so many things so maybe if we can do something like that to kind of help directing that a bit and helping out with that to to point people in the right direction for or as a starting point for where where funds might be needed might be good to to point that out maybe once a month on a podcast. 
Yeah, I think yeah, I like that. I like that idea definitely. Um, and if you if you like me talking about diabetes things, um, I think uh, so. I was saying earlier off the air to uh, to Marlon and Kai that uh, I'll be changing some of the technologies I'm using around monitoring and controlling diabetes uh, probably in about six months. So I think uh, a lot of it overlaps with. Um, I guess talking about tech because it integrates with smartphones and Apple watches and, you know, these apps are sending notifications and doing interesting things in that space. So I think there might be some, uh, some conversations to be had around uh, comparing a few of these uh, potential solutions for, for managing and controlling sugar levels that we might uh, touch on in a few months time. So yeah, if you like that, uh, keep an ear out for, for those discussions. But also in general, I feel like, um, the medical field and technology uh, come together a lot more uh, in the last few years to a point now where uh, I think, I mean, even Apple is now going into that quite heavily with, with their, with Apple watch and medical things. So I think in general, it's a, it's an interesting area and something where, I, I mean, it's kind of this cliche Silicon Valley thing, right? Uh, my startup uh, makes the world a better place. <laughs> But I think the medical area actually has potential of actually doing that. Um, and I'm happy that technology is now in a, in a going in a direction or technology companies go now in a direction where they do actually help people that, that are, haven't been served by a lot of the talent and the resources of tech companies so far. So I think that, that would, that's a good direction. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Marlon, your pick. Okay. Um, yeah, my pick is not very exciting, and uh, but it sort of goes hand in hand with Kai's, and we haven't spoken about this before. But uh, I actually also pick like a physical thing that's not an app, uh, which is related to coffee, and that is our coffee, uh, our kettle that Kai mentioned. <laughs> really? I know. Uh, that's that's a bit unfortunate that this is two things we use to make coffee. But if anyone's up for a new coffee making method. Here you go. Here are the two things you need, apart from beans. Yes. Uh, 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 stay tuned for next episode when we pick beans and a grinder. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Um, but yeah, so this is a kettle called Bona- Bonavita. Bonavita? Bonavita? I don't think it should be... It- I don't think it's Italian. Somehow I pronounce it very Italian. Um, I do think it's Italian. Is it? Yeah. So it's spelled B-O-N-A-V-I-T-A. Um yeah, it's a really good kettle. Like Kaisa mentioned, uh, that you, t- you touched briefly on it. What you can do with this kettle is that it's, it's an electric kettle and you can actually set it to an exact precise uh, temperature that you want it to be. And I think, like, sometimes I listen to people, um, on podcasts where they are still using an, a stove and warm up their water on a stove. And I think that sounds very barbaric to me because I'm like super specific with the temperature I'm using. Is and that an American I, thing? Sure. <laughs> I guess it's an American thing because I think warming, like kettles are not warming up as quickly here as they do in other parts of the world just because they have a lower volt, voltage. Okay. Um, yeah. On the, on the part. stove, do you mean, sorry, or? No, sorry. Oh. I think, um, so like the electric ones don't warm up as much because you don't oh. have as I mean, here we have 110 volt. Yeah. Uh, well, in but Australia, in you have two, 240, right? Ah, uh, okay. Um, so I assume that's why they don't see the direct it's benefit. It's still a lot faster. It is faster. It it's not as fast as the rest of the world, but it's definitely faster. And as I said, like, if you, like, you don't want to, 
I mean, I'm not judging anyone, but you don't want to make your coffee on like 100 degrees. So uh, if you're more specific about it, so we even we usually vary between 80 and 88 degrees Celsius uh, on our water when we make coffee. And if you want to be that specific, it's perfect to have this type of kettle. I mean, it depends on the beans. We sometimes also go into the 90s. Yeah, yeah. More rarely though, but usually, usually we stay around 85. Um, and that's what this one is perfect for. So you can either have like preset temperatures that you always, um, so you can always easily use the same, or you can set your own temperatures and also go uh, up and down by uh, like degree. So it's very flexible in that way. You also have a keep warm function. So that's really good. For example, if you want to start making your coffee and you want to grind your beans and prepare everything else, the, cof- the water won't get cold. Um, and you can keep it on that perfect temperature. Um so that's two of the things. The other thing I like with this kettle, which is specifically for like, which is perfect when you make pour over coffee or when you're making, um, AeroPress coffee is that it has a gooseneck. Uh, so basically what that means is that if you look at pictures of it, it's having like a really long, uh, pipe to pour the water through, uh, in order to pour it down. Uh, and that's really good because you just get this precision. So if you want to actually distribute the water across all of the coffee grind, um, it's very easy to do so. While as with like a more traditional kettle, you tend to get a lot of water at once. So for example, I'd like to let it sit first, like pour a bit of water in first and then let it sit. And that is really good with this type of kettle. Um, Anything more I should highlight? Uh, I think... I think the Bonavita is pretty much only sold in North America, though. So my recommendation for people that like the type of device that Mullen described, but want to buy it in Europe or in Australia, um, the one we used to use in Australia was called a Brewista. <clears throat> um, and I'm pretty sure they're selling that one in, in, uh, in Europe, too. And it's, it's to the most to 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 a large extent similar to the to the Bonavita. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, and I I also use it um, for like tea. Tea is something I want to brew at th- uh, at eighty degrees, sometimes seventy, depending on the tea, um, or sometimes uh, if I have a darker or hundred. Or yeah, but sometimes if I have a black tea, I want to do hundred. It's perfect, but especially if you're making uh, multiple coffees or multiple. Uh, like beverages that have different temperatures, you can easily just swap between those temperatures. It's great. Sounds pretty cool. Mm. Now it needs HomeKit integration and you can have your water ready when you get home. <laughs> yeah, there are kettles that do that. Uh, it's wild. <laughs> the only reason why I haven't really been wanting to do that is because the water wouldn't stay fresh, right? Because, uh, I mean, this is probably just, this is definitely just me being picky, but I like to pour the water freshly out of the tap. So many people who have those type of kettles that go on like home kits or go on timers or have an app, they usually tend to fill up the kettle in the, in the evening and then leave it till the morning. And then it automatically starts uh, turning on in the morning. And I think that's great. But as I said, you don't get fresh water. So it sort of sits around all night. Um, not sure if that's having a significant impact on the f- like taste of the water. But yeah, I'd like to pour my water fresh. Cool. So two snobby coffee brewing mechanisms and a foundation that potentially uh, saves people's lives. I feel like uh, those three things are quite equal. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad for our first round. It's good. Yeah. It's a good mix. I think that's a show. Cool. Sounds good. I what did our no? It's just our topics were probably the least 
uh, filled in a long time. So I wonder how many people actually make it to the end. Yeah, I thought it was oh. good though because it just sort of flowed. It was just just a good chat. I still wanted to talk a lot of uh, a lot about the Apple event, but now we didn't have time for that at all. What do you want to talk about? It's just, I mean, the I don't iPads. want to make it. I I rather <laughs> I rather save it for for next week. That also means we uh, can have touched them. I will go to the store and actually uh, play with one next week. Um, they come but, out on Wednesday, don't they? Yeah. Okay. I'll go at lunch or um, something. But there were quite a lot of things now because now I actually configured some and they're freaking expensive. Um, in general, Apple, it's interesting now. Apple announced that they will no longer um, uh, announce device sale numbers yep. during their earnings calls. And um, only show total revenue, which is also kind of this this point into direction that Apple's now going full on increase increasing ASP instead of uh, of uh, sales numbers. Yep. Uh, and I feel like that's that's a direction you can really see with this event. Like everything Apple does at the moment is very focused on increasing average sales price. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know I I don't I mean Apple products were always expensive. Um, but I always felt that I was, uh, in a position to defend the prices by saying, you really get a lot more value out of it for the extra 20% you're paying. You get so much more value out of it that I thought it made sense. And people that were working in our industry, uh, and work with Apple devices were always comfortable spending that money because they knew what they would be getting as a result of those extra 10, 20%, 30% even. Mm-hmm. That you're spending now. I feel like we're getting into into a time where, uh, like for for computers and and iPads, where they're so expensive that I hear a lot of people, even in our industry, and I assume most of them make fairly comfortable software developer salaries or similar, uh, where people say "Mm, it's too expensive. I don't think I can I I can uh, uh, reasonably get myself to to spent that much money on a device and i feel like that's it's a weird direction where where um the devices get so expensive that even i i don't know who it is for considering that tech interested people who make a decent amount of money now find those devices too expensive to buy themselves and therefore the result is probably also that it's not what they would recommend so i feel like I, i wonder if that's if Apple now goes to a point where those devices are dangerously expensive, where it might hurt them. I don't know if that means total revenues are still going up because they sell, sell half, but they're now three times as expensive and they're optimizing for revenue that way. But I feel like, um, I don't know if I, I like that direction of, of pushing so far into the high end that fewer and fewer people can actually afford those devices. But the ones that do spend a ridiculous amount of money. I don't know. It's just this is this is something I was speaking to somebody about earlier this week, and I wanted or one of the things I said to them was I'd love to talk about this on the podcast, but I've got to find a way to make it seem like I'm not just having a whinge because mm-hmm. I'm absolutely feeling it personally too, and that means that it's sort of hard to talk about it objectively. Because mm. it's like, well, yeah, I'd like things to be cheaper because I'd like to buy more stuff too. But you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, I think, I, I think we're at this point. I, I don't know if if this is how you feel, but I think we're at the point where it's not worth um, 
where it's not worth recommending the iPhone in a lot of cases, particularly the the more expensive ones, because for that, even if it's, say, 50% better, it's not worth an extra 80% of the cost or whatever it might be. Yeah. Whereas we were at a point where, let's say it was 50% better, but 20% more, um, hmm. and that was okay. And like, if you're particularly, like, if you're a family and there are four of you and say you're upgrading two phones every year, so you two year cycles basically. Um, that's the, and suddenly phones are seven hundred dollars more expensive each. Like that's mm-hmm. fifteen hundred bucks a year that you weren't spending previously. And like for a lot of families, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. Just in general, like households of Australia, of America, of Canada. Like like that's fifteen hundred bucks is a lot of money for a family of four. Um, it is. <laughs> you know that's the difference between. I don't know, like a small holiday away or not, or the difference be- between, you know, feeling comfortable in meeting your mortgage repayments and not. Like, it's it's a lot of money. And to s- sort of have to decide, do I want to spend that on the technology? I think in a lot of cases, that's not... Uh, I don't think that's the right choice to make. I think we're at a point where these phones are good. These phones from three years ago are good. I mean, this... Like the iPhone 7 I have, like I said... I mean, the, the the problems I have with it are very, very small in compared to the benefits, I guess, of upgrading to a newer model. Um, mm. And I think we are probably at a point where these things are too expensive. I know my sister needs a computer for, for uni and she wants a Mac. And I think she wants a Mac because uh, that's sort of the the cool thing to do, to have a Mac. But honestly, I told her to, to look at um, like a Surface uh, tablet thing. Um, which I think mm. she'd, I think she'd be just as happy with. She's used a Windows computer uh, in high school up until this point, and she could get one for like half the price. And mm. it's also hard when you're when people ask you for recommendations, and your recommendation isn't the eighteen hundred dollar quote unquote cheap MacBook Air, which is by <laughs> no means cheap. Yeah. But it's it's really difficult to say to someone, well, really, the eighteen hundred dollar computer is not the one you want. You really want the twenty five hundred dollar computer. And that's yeah. makes it really hard to recommend. And then it's also like you gotta consider like is that seven hundred dollars is a lot of money. Um yeah. And yeah. and it used to be I mean for the last ten years I, I've always been an avid defender of Apple's premium prices because I thought they were they were at least in a ballpark. Sometimes like with the MacBook Air, it was even pretty good value for money if you compare uh the the quality components that Apple's using with some of the other vendors. They were were pretty on par. I mean you usually get crappier or back then you got crappier Windows machines that were cheaper, but if you looked at actual premium devices with good CPUs and 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 premium components, they were in a similar similar uh, price range. Plus, then getting Apple service and those kind of things. But I feel like now it's at a point often where I'm like, well, can you afford eighteen hundred dollars, or would that hurt you? And I feel like this is a lot more awkward to to defend that purchasing decision if I first have to uh, ask people how wealthy are you because Macs are now becoming more and more for wealthy people. Or you can buy the one that's been hasn't been updated for four years because now we have a nine hundred ninety nine dollar MacBook Air from. 
2013. But that's another problem as well. And I think that's Apple's approach to, oh, you want a cheaper product, take the one from four years ago. Yeah. And I don't like, I mean, there are ways to do cheap. And I think the 10R is a really good example of doing cheap by cutting back on materials, but not it's, on features. It's, it's, not, it's not cheap, right? It's still a really, really expensive phone. It's, oh, it's not cheap, but it, it is the cheap phone, quote unquote cheap. Yeah. But it's the, the approach to that I agree a lot more with. Yeah. Um, yeah. That you make a new device and you, you, you care about that mm-hmm. device. It's not just the one you've made a long time ago. And I guess now it's cheaper. Yeah. Who wants to buy uh, the iPhone is... 7 today from three years ago? Yeah. Everyone knows that it's a three year old phone. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like that saying, oh, if you don't have enough money, all we do is give you a three year old f- device feels weird to me. And it feels a lot harder for me to, to, um, I noticed that just when people ask me now that are maybe not as not in tech or care as much about Apple stuff, it I, I noticed that I struggle more with recommendations. I like as I said, five years, six years, ten years ago, my recommendation was really, really look at those Apple devices. They're really worth it. I know they're a bit more expensive, but you won't regret it because you can use them for longer. You'll be really happy with that. But I feel like now there are so many other options that you would be happy with for half the price or less. It becomes more difficult. And I don't know if I, I don't know. I'm, it's not like I have a great solution to that, mm. but the, the, what happened recently with Apple of, of optimizing for increasing average sales price just doesn't feel as comfortable to me. Yeah, and see, my dad has a um, an iPhone 6s, and he's he's well and truly due for an upgrade now. But and and we sort of spoke about it earlier in the year, like I, you know, when the when the new phones come out, we'll see what we can get. He hasn't mentioned it once since um, since the announcement, and I think that the 10R is the phone for him. But while he hasn't mentioned it, I'm not going to encourage him to buy a new phone. Because it obviously means he's not yeah, yeah. struggling to use his current phone. It's like, well, if it was just your regular, like they used to be a thousand dollars, and I'm talking Australian prices, but you know they used to be like a thousand dollars for an iPhone, and that's, oh, I remember when they were eight hundred. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. like if it was a thousand dollars, it's like, well, that's a little bit more reasonable now that it's two thousand dollars for the good phones, yeah. like eighteen hundred. Like it's a lot of money. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's it's always hard, right? It's it's hard to complain about things being too expensive. But I mean, you see Apple, the most effort Apple puts on products are those devices. So that's where Apple sees itself most valuable to put their time into. That just yep. And, and obviously that- it's working for them. I mean, they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't working Is for it them. Is it though? Is it? Yeah, I don't their, know. Their revenues uh, are up. So unit sales are down. But revenues are up. Their their revenues are. But if you if you look at if you look at some of the numbers like with the MacBooks, like that most people are um are like what was it, fifty one percent are first time Apple MacBook or mm-hmm. Apple computer buyers or something. Yep. That just means that existing users do not buy new MacBooks as much anymore. Yeah, good point. Um you know that I don't think that's a strategy that will work long time. I mean, Microsoft had that phase, right, when they started to optimize for for making a lot of revenue. Like Steve Ballmer was really good at that, um, but wasn't the exciting Microsoft period. I think what Microsoft's doing at the moment is a lot more interesting for the tech world. 
Um, I'm also afraid that this kind of focus on increasing uh, ASP might also lead to certain decisions that are not working out in the long term. Like the touch bar. I mean, whatever opinion you have on it, uh, some people like it, others don't. I don't think it's something that I necessarily would need to have in a MacBook, but it definitely uh, increased ASP. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if if that had an impact on the decision to to double down on on a touch bar like device and not offering the ones without, because they were reason to charge more for those computers. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like certain things. I mean, like the stainless steel phones. Uh, they're nice that they're stainless steel, uh, but it also feels like a reason for to charge more money. Um, I don't think a aluminum phone, um, aluminum, oh, that again, uh, aluminum phone was fine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we have stainless steel. I, if I could have saved the $200 to have an aluminum frame, I would have picked that, but that's not an option. Uh, I don't know if, if stainless steel wasn't, was a deliberate choice of making a more premium phone that they can sell for more money. But they had like multiple things where I'm like, I don't know if that needed to be be the way it is like even something like the the the, uh the gold watch you know that was a weird thing to do yeah but but that was a case of well if you want to spend money you can if you don't you can have the the sport watch and that was fine i thought that that's Mm. a good way to approach that but it's it's weird to me it's weird i feel like apple was always making a good devices for everyone yeah it wasn't as um, segmented i guess like they yeah. didn't make multiple products just to appeal to the people who want the gold watch yeah and now when i think of the product line i feel like there are a lot of i mean maybe i'm completely wrong but i feel like there are certain things where i'm like this is this could be seen as a as a way of increasing asp but not as an improvement to the product itself um mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know. It just, I don't know. Maybe I will have a better way of formulating that in a few weeks. But after that event, I just felt a bit like, hmm, it seems to be a trend that continues because every single product Apple announced got more expensive. And like the MacBook Air is now more expensive. The Mac Mini can now be up to 4,200 US, um, which is, I mean, very expensive for a Mac Mini, and uh, the base model is more expensive too than the than it used to be. Um, uh, same for the iPad and for uh, yeah, for all the devices that were announced. So I feel like the the tendency just sits wrong with me. This is just my first kind of impression of of Apple's pricing strategy that somehow feels wrong, and it kind of felt that way for a little bit. But now having another event where basically all the products got more expensive, it just kind of yeah, when I thought about it, it just feels weird at the moment. Yeah, and wasn't... I mean, I know that sort of people say, like, it's Tim Cook's Apple and, and that things are changing. That's fair enough. But wasn't Tim Cook supposedly the, the person who was responsible for getting the original iPad to the half-acceptable price point that it was? Like, wasn't that also his thing as operations I'd, manager? Y- like? Yeah, probably. So, it's, it's kind of... It seems a little contradictory. I don't know. But... Yeah. 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 Like if I don't know. I mean the iPad was a good thing, right? It was uh people expected it to be at around a thousand and it started five hundred, four hundred, I don't remember what it launched at. Exactly. Yeah, five hundred, exactly. American. 
but what's this kind of thing that it's like, oh, it's so affordable and people can actually have it if, if they want to. Now iPads start at a lot higher prices than then. Uh, yeah. um, and I don't know. It just feels wrong. And this is kind of my first impression of just doesn't sit right with me. Mm. Um, me saying that Apple shouldn't make less money is also doesn't also doesn't really sit right with me. Um, but yeah, just feels weird at the moment with, with the pricing strategies. And then the announcement of not announcing sales numbers anymore, only going by revenue, kind of fed into that mindset I was in. So yeah, we'll see. I think the the Mac Pro next year will will, will get us out of this. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I'm sure that one will be a bargain. <laughs>